This is Wessler Media. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. Well, welcome to Your Next Step. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson from the church next door, and I'm here with my wife, Jennifer Jackson. Hi, everyone. And also Pastor Doug McCoy. Hello, Columbus. You know, every week we take the Bible and we begin to unpack it, to look at it on how we can apply it to life so we can be disciples of Jesus Christ. And here at the church next door, we want you to know that we believe that your life matters to the kingdom of God. Everyone does. Every human being is important to the kingdom of God. And so we're in a series right now called Real, and we're looking at the men and women of the Bible. Uh, We have to limit it. It's a short series, but we're going to look at uh, Luke today. And Luke was the historian that brings us the, the book of Luke, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ, and then the book of Acts. And the reason I think he's important is because he helps us get a picture of a first century disciple. More than likely, he is a Gentile. And so that makes him a little bit different because most of the authors in scriptures are are Jewish and they're coming from this Jewish background. So there's times when when Luke is writing and he's trying to bring us into the story, the God story that starts in Genesis with Abraham as a group of people that didn't grow up around a table with 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 Sabbath directions, you know, with with the law. And yet he weaves this in. He does an amazing job. So what do, what do you guys comments about Luke and what you know about him? I've always thought of him, and you wonder how accurate it is, but I've always thought of him as this very quiet, careful, calculated, you know, kind of like, um, well, we know he's Greek, you know, but you think about those Greek orators that you just, they just seem like they're better than you, for <laughs> for lack of a better term, you know, like they just got it all together. He's always seemed to me like a guy who's got it all together. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but that's the way I envision him. I see all the little details, at him as a physician, yeah. and so I do think he's caring, but highly intelligent. He wants to get it right. He has yeah. he covers all the facts, and all the all the details. Well, what you're looking for in a good doctor? Sure. You know what I'm saying? You know, he 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 knows who the people are. He listens to their story. You know, he he starts out. He says, you know, uh, my in my first book, O Theophilus. So we we know he's writing this to to someone that he knows, and he wants them to know the God story of Jesus. And then he continues it in the book of Acts. And, and so he, he names names. He names names of cities. He gives distances. I mean, he goes, he goes into it. And, and I think that's really important. If you, if you are a, a skeptic, okay, if you've really struggled with uh, maybe not believing in God and the details, start with Luke. And then just do your own study. You know, get out a map of modern-day Israel Get out a map of the ancient world, and you're going to find Luke nails it every time. 
he gives you the exact details. You know, there there have been so many people that have doubted Luke, and then Luke proved them wrong. And the Bible, when it comes to, to Luke and Acts, he's never gotten a fact wrong of the ancient world. No one has been able to prove him wrong. There have been lots of people that accuse him of that, and, and they still, there are people that will dig up these old texts and, and talk negative about him, but it's just not true. And I think one of the things that I love about him is that he has this heart of an artist. And what I mean by that is um, when he paints the picture of Christmas, okay, the birth of Jesus, he paints a picture. Mm-hmm. I mean, in Luke chapter 2, it says, But the angel of the Lord said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and laying in a manger. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the, the artistry of that is beautiful. But as a doctor, he's like, he wants to know that they put the baby in a clean, safe, proper way, <laughs> and 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 I imagine he he doesn't he doesn't know this, okay, but I imagine that it changed infant health care throughout Christendom that passage, because people began to 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 practice when a baby's born, you you wrap Keep them in warm. clean cloth. And, you know, it, it changed the world. See, he, he's he's advising you on how to wrap up a baby. I remember when our babies were little. <laughs> the burrito wrap. Yeah, the That's baby right. burrito is the what we had. The baby burrito. Yeah. Well, 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 Luke is doing this here. He's he's painting this in the midst. He's he's wrapping a Savior in a burrito. <laughs> and, and, and I'm like, wow, this guy, he really, he loves humanity. You know, he's a good doctor. You know, he's 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 teaching us all along the way. And then he's also a gifted healer. Well, that's what I love about him. He when you read the the gospel of Luke, he speaks of healing more than the other gospels, but that's because he wanted to know the healing stories. I mean, he wants people to be well. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's exciting to me. It's proof that he's a true doctor. He he's not he's he doesn't care. If if it's too aspirin, or if it's a hand on your on your head to check your temperature and to say a prayer over you, see, he believes that the power of God, and there are solutions from this world that bring healing and health and life. He he's got to know that the human body was designed to heal. He he saw the the sketch marks of God before he met the people of God. You know, and and it's it's hard for him to deny. I like that he's also kind of like a scholar, which a scholar yeah. and doctor are different. I guess maybe not even scholar, maybe like investigative journalist. It's like he was like Lee Strobel, except he wasn't skeptical. He already believed. But, you know, when you when you look at this, you know, we consider this a Christmas passage and it's the only place that we find it. He must have talked to Mary. He must have interviewed oh, her definitely. in some technical way and say, tell me beat for beat what happened. We know that Mary lived for a very long time. We have the reports that the apostle John cared for her. There's, there's evidence that, that she went as far as Ephesus, that, Mm -hmm. that she traveled with him and stayed there with him. And, um, 
so we know that you know Luke and Mary were contemporaries in terms of their life, and so yeah, I, I bet you anything he wanted to know about every one of Jesus's wounds, about Jesus's death on the cross, because he was thinking it from the perspective of anatomy. What would that do to a human being? You know, what would it do to the Son of God? And and so when we look at Luke's account, we look at someone who's giving us a Jesus who is fully human and fully divine. See, the, the whole argument that wants to get rid of the, the humanity of Jesus, Luke takes that, he balls it up and throws it across the room into the trash can. He just, <laughs> he sinks it, you know, because he makes it so clear. Yes, um, he... I call it because I grew up in a in a doctor's home. My father was a doctor of veterinary medicine, and the patients that he worked with couldn't answer his questions. He had to discover them through looking at the evidence on the body, listening to it. He had to truly look at it. Well, that's what Luke did. And he's trying to diagnose all the time. He uses the methodology of science and diagnosis. Um, you're using the example, Doug, of of journalism. Mm-hmm. But see, this is the. But I think this is important for you and I. I think this is important for every Christian. Open up your Bible and read it. Read it as though you've got to learn something. That it has information here that's going to transform your health, your spiritual health, and your future. And that's why it's so important to 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 look to the Word of God. Well, not to to take us too far off into the the area of apologetics or defending the faith, but one of the accusations that's leveled against the Bible itself, because everything hinges on the Bible, yep. is that oh, it's just a book written by a bunch of shepherds. You know, these ignorant <laughs> farmers yeah. cobbled this book together. Yeah. But this guy, a he's not a shepherd. B he's not Jewish, which the only other possible book not written by a Jew would be Job, Possibly. you know, but, but all the others definitely came from the Jews. Here's a Greek that got outfitted, not a shepherd. He's a Greek and he's doing this research. I love when he describes, he says, um, uh, many tried to write about this, but I decided to write an orderly account for you, <laughs> you know? So I went down and I, you know, didn't just, Hey, cobble it together. I did research to get to this point. Well, but, but okay, so so that, that brings us to another reality. When we read uh, Paul or we read James, we get this Jewish methodology of thought, and it's, it's much more like debate club than it is uh, history, okay? It's so, when, when, whenever James is like, speaking about something, he always gives the counter-argument because he knows they're about to smack him, okay? And so if you if you did debate club in, in, in school, you know, okay, I've got to make my point, but I've also got to make the, the counterpoint because they're about to, to nail me for the thing that I missed. That's very much a Jewish approach to argument, to, uh, to study, and, and um, Luke doesn't do that. Luke approaches it from this factual, historical. He's really um, this 
more historical approach to everything. It's it's more like reading Josephus, uh, another ancient historian who was Jewish. Okay, but 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 the neat thing about Luke is he didn't leave it all in the brain. He was actually hands on as well. He was a missionary. Yeah. He went to prison. He went with Paul on journeys. He, he, I mean, the Book of Acts. He was open to the Holy Spirit. He shared about all of the. He. It, he it's not like he didn't have any touchy feely there. I mean, the Book of Acts well, that's is a power why, packed. That's why and, I and point he, out he's an artist. He's the full package. <laughs> you yeah. know, he he did he he had faith and action. Yeah, well, okay, so in today's vernacular, he's the metrosexual guy. He's he's showing the feminine part of the story. No, he's not afraid to. He shows us the pain of Mary. He he shows us the 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 anguish, the the difficulty that they have in their relationships, the details in it. And a lot of times, you know, as guys, we don't want to do that. We just want to focus on the facts and how you get the mm-hmm. tire changed. And, and he didn't. He was willing to lean in to these feminine stories at times and, and bring the women into it. He was very well aware of the way women were treated in that ancient world. But this Christian group, nope, they're not that way. And so he went against his cultural paradigm. He's, he's, a, he's very much a Christ follower teaching us how to, to blow those up. And he knew the scripture. Oh yeah, he does. He he went through and he studies the ancient scrolls, the ancient texts. It 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 makes us think that more than likely along the way he learned Hebrew, or mm. he's reading yeah. the LXX. He the, knows how to read it. The, the the Greek translation of the Old Testament. See, he he works really hard to give us the insight into this world and. Um, I think what's important is this. A lot of us, we want to, we want to, we want to ring the bell and say, "Well, I don't like to read. I'm not a good student. Mm-hmm. I don't like to study." And if anybody was that, it was me. Okay, I struggled in school, and I wanted to avoid the hard work of school. I wanted the hands-on. Well, Luke does the hands-on, his mission work, but he's also not afraid to go do the hard study work and open the Bible. And so I think that's what's convicting about him. And that's what's convicting about talking about Luke and the Scripture, um, that you've got to be willing to open it up. So let's talk about that a second. Um, how do you guys grapple with the the, diff- the difficulty of just studying the Bible? Uh, what What has forced you to get across that or how have you crossed that brick? I know Doug has, he's like me. He's told me he didn't want to want to be a student. Oh no, actually I love to study. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to be a professor okay. ah. because right. they told me, they said, you will not like it. They, they had asked me to come back, but one, my old Testament professor said, no, <laughs> don't, don't, <laughs> you, it's not for you. You like the church. Okay. But I do enjoy the study. Um, and I'm actually jealous of Luke because to, to, to think that he said, okay, I'm going to go see Mary. Maybe I can find that centurion. Maybe I can find the demoniac, you know, yeah. and ask them questions. I, I, oh man, that, that just makes me jealous. I wish I could go back and do that. Yeah. We'll get to do it in heaven one day, won't we? That would be great. 
I'm yeah. gonna. I have lots of questions for heaven. <laughs> I I love study too, but I the biggest challenge is just time, and then you have to balance. Am I am I with people enough? Because I don't want to just you know study all the time and never apply it. So for yeah. me, I I would just love a you know a, a week instead of a vacation, but just a week to study. Yeah. <laughs> when that that would feel so refreshing. But yeah, I just like to study in bits and pieces, and. Really, the most time that you have, you can spend it studying. Well, I'll say this, is that I had to repent. There was a time in my life when I had to, I had to, to say to God, God, forgive me mm-hmm. for not liking study. And I, I asked God to forgive me, and I, I broke the hold of that over mm, my life. That's good. I had to say, God, I want you to teach me. And then what happened for me is... I, I got around some people that were amazing and really loved God, and they taught me things about the Bible and the Word of God. And so, and they, they taught me some resources. You know, I remember when I first discovered Biblical Archaeology Review. Jennifer laughs because <laughs> I have all these old, old copies of now, Bar. There's some serious study there because that's some difficult material. Well, I liked it because. I began to to learn, you know, well, where was Jesus really buried? Was he buried at the garden tomb or was he buried at the Holy Sepulchre? <laughs> and so, like Luke, we went and lived there. And we found people that let us go underneath the Holy Sepulchre and see where there's these ancient carvings from the first and second century of the uh, the pilgrims like Luke who came to see where Jesus died and where Jesus was buried. And we went there and studied archaeology. This is all part of our spiritual journey. And that's what I see in Well, that's, in that's a huge piece of Bible study is going to Israel. And if you haven't been to Israel, you should go to Israel. Even if you can only go for a week, it's worth it. Because yeah. it's like taking your Bible from black and white to color. And I think Israel changes everything. I mean, we we studied the physical settings of the Bible. Yeah. We su- we studied Jewish history. We studied uh, modern Jewish history. I mean, all of it ties together. Yep. This this guy went on a wooden boat. Uh-huh. <laughs> we we go in a metal airplane, but mm-hmm. this guy he, got on a boat mm-hmm. across the Mediterranean, pushed by the wind. Yeah. And when it was bad, by oars, you yeah. know. Well, I just want to say you're listening to your next step. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson for the Church Next Door. Pastor Doug McCoy is here, and my wife Jennifer Jackson is here. And um, if you are interested in going to Israel, reach out to us. We yeah. we go uh, every so often. We're probably going to go this coming uh, June. Mm-hmm. And uh, I honestly, I can't tell you right now how many spots are left. But if you wanted to go, if you will go to yournextstepnow.com and give us your email address and your interest we will let you know if if that's even a possibility. But um, I believe that it's one of the best choices you can ever make in your life to go to the land of the Bible and look at it and open your Bible there and see that it's real. It changes your life uh, because Satan can give you these doubts in your minds prior to that. So we're looking at Luke, and um, what do you think is, is Luke's model of discipleship then? Based on this, what do you see in Luke's approach to discipleship? Oh man, go go into the synagogue with Paul, start yeah. some trouble, 
<laughs> yeah, start some trouble. Grab some Greeks and then. Well, well that's that's for me, Luke. Yeah, Luke is hands on, isn't mm-hmm. he? He's like, if you want to be a disciple, you've got to start sharing in the message. You've got to start going. You got to travel. I mean, I cannot imagine uh, what it would have meant for him to leave behind whatever he left behind mm. to go be a missionary. We don't. Maybe he only did that for a few years, and then he went back home and served out the rest of his life. We don't know. Yeah, like like Timothy, we're told. We're, we're introduced to Timothy. We're told where he came from, why Paul selected him, how Paul prepared him. But Luke, I, if, I believe I'm correct, all of a sudden in Acts, we just start seeing we. That's right. Instead of he. Yep. And so we don't really know when Luke joined, but he did do this thing you're describing where he goes along... I, I guess it's a hands-on thing, right? And there's there's a, a moment in discipleship where, you know, it can't just be theology anymore. That's right. It can't just be intellect. Exactly. It's, I have to try. You know, Jesus said forgive, so maybe I ought to try that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Jesus said love, maybe I ought to try that a little bit. That's I mean, exactly he was willing it. to pay the price. He got in trouble. He got. He was bold in his faith. I mean, you have to be willing to go to jail. Yep. That's what he was willing to do. That's He, he put his money where his mouth was. Well, I think that's one of the challenges of, of uh, American Christianity mm-hmm. today is we're looking for a way that we can be a Christian and it not cost us. Right. We don't want it to cost our reputation. We don't want to lose our our good standing and i don't think it's going to be possible i i I don't believe that the american christianity from the 1950s 60s and 70s is going to be possible for the next 20 years but maybe maybe we'll go back today you have to be willing to stand with christ and have a bold faith in in Acts sixteen, that's where we see him join the join the journey. It's it's actually Acts sixteen, and it's it's verse number ten. He said it says after Paul had seen the vision, we got ready, mm-hmm. and it's just it's like from one verse to the next, he's just he meets him there, and he joins this new journey into Macedonia, and he gets to see Paul take the gospel to a place it was never taken before. I want to I want to ask you if you're ready for that. Would you be willing to say God, I want to take the message of Jesus to a place that it's never gone before. And you know, right now there's literally neighborhoods, apartment buildings, there's there's parts of our community that the gospel has never gone. And you and I might be that one. Um Jen, would you be willing to pray for us to take oh, that sure. message like like Luke did? God, we thank you for Luke. We thank you for the word of God, for the history, the archaeology, your truth. Lord, we stand on that today. And I pray that you would give us the courage to walk out our faith, not only in words, but in deeds and to have the action behind it. If you would give us a bold faith in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. I really need you to help me right now because the Bible says that if we agree, it's more powerful and it impacts even the angelic hosts. So would you just, just stop with me and 
agree in prayer right now, what you're doing. Just listen intently and agree in your heart that God might move. You know, I love kids, and I have so many friends that have adopted children. So today we're going to pray for children and for adoption. Lord, we know that you're a fruitful God, that, that from the very beginning you wanted us to be fruitful, that, that children are important to you, that you have a heart for children and widows and orphans. And so, Lord, we have aligned our lives with you. We have aligned our lives with being fruitful. Now, we, we, realize, we realize that the world in which we live has had some very negative attitudes towards children in the womb. And we know that we've been participants, whether that was willing or unwilling or just confused. But today we come because we're asking you for more children in our world. Some of us right now, we've been praying for children and others have been praying for grandchildren. We have, we have friends, Lord, that have desired to be pregnant and we agree with them right now. We pray that we will see more children come into life. Others of us, Lord, we, you've been tugging at our heartstrings and you've been saying, I need you to take in an orphan. And God, we've been frightened by that. Lord, we're praying today, if that is the answer that you seek, if it's time for us to, to welcome children into our lives, we want you to know, God, you are the Lord of life. You are our Father in heaven. And we're saying we want to see more children come. And God, we know that that may mean miracles. You may have to open up adoption agencies and pathways. You may have to open up wombs. God, you may have to create these children in miraculous situations. And we say yes to the miracle of life. Amen. Wow, I just love praying. You know, my life has been forever changed by prayer. Everyone who comes to know Christ's life is changed by prayer. And we want to help you grow in prayer. So we're inviting you today as one of our friends and part of this ministry to go to yournextstepnow.com and we will give you a free prayer guide. It's an ebook. All you have to do is give us your email address. Your email address at yournextstepnow.com and you get our free prayer guide and you can join us every day. Be a part of the ministry. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of the Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at the church next door. Easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for Your Next Step. I believe you're going to find people that have a genuine love for God and a genuine zeal for the truth. You don't have to dress super fancy. And it's so lively and it's so much fun and just you leave like, oh, so refreshed. And I know I keep saying family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family. I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of the church next door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well, Come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org. Stories are a way we relate to one another. It's hard to underestimate their importance. Wessler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. 
We'll produce a personal podcast, an audio scrapbook that will preserve those memories for generations to come. Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text 1-833-38-STORY, 1-833-38-STORY, or visit wesslermedia.com. That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com.